This is Unfiltered, episode 134 for February 18th, 2015. What is most surprising to you that you've learned about ISIS? Well, if you look at their uh, actions, Allison, from a rational point of view, they seem to make no sense. Beheading the American journalists, got the United States and the U.S.-led coalition to attack ISIS, burning alive the Jordanian pilot, got Jordan uh, to get into the fight more aggressively, attacking the Egyptian Christians, got Egypt into the fight against ISIS. And usually it's not a winning strategy to add to your list of enemies. This is episode number 134 of the Unfiltered Program, bringing you the news that you shouldn't be watching. And over there is an elephant in the room and Mr. Chris Fisher. And I'm Chase. Hey, Hey, man. Hey, I was just doing a little dance to your intro because, damn, it is good to be with you today, sir. It is always fun to do this show. Chase, uh, right there in front of you, I have a little printout. Uh, You see that. You want to show it to everybody watching? Sure, yeah. You know, here, I'll put it up. I'll put it up again here. Yeah. So uh, show them. It's two pages. Show them here. Hand it to me. Hand it to me. Hand it to me. Yeah, that's two pages of printouts. Yep. Uh, the overtime folder this week is so nuts. It's so wow. crazy. we got to share some with the main audience. And Chase, yeah. last week, yes. you, you kind of had a hard time with the swearing. You're just cussing up a storm. So if, if you... <laughs> hey, hey, Chase. Well, well, stop the... Hey, Chase. Stop if, the show. If you stop can, the show. <laughs> if you can get through the whole show without cussing, you can pick off a couple of clips from that list. Okay. So that'll right. be your reward. Right, yeah. That's yeah. just, and yeah. I know the elephant in the room is we got some feedback. Was, I'm, I'm the pa- passionate sailor. Last week was a fired up episode. We got a lot oh, of yeah. feedback, and yeah. we're going to cover that a little bit later in the show. Yes, we will. you know, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but apparently we resonated with some people. Yes, yeah, so on on both sides of the coin, and even on the edge of the coin, we uh, we got a lot of feedback. And actually, the, the feedback that we got really, really long, uh, and it was in our subreddit, a lot of it was. So I don't want to condense it down or anything like that either but we know we'll definitely generalize yeah. and talk about it we're going to talk about it a little bit later uh and you know i heard from a lot of folks uh did you hear did you, any uh well the only things i've seen uh are, are on the subreddit yeah, okay. uh, obviously right. if anybody emailed you directly i wouldn't have had that i was but. just wondering if you had anything happen after the show that you thought was well of, an interesting thing that you you do ask i, mean, I there. just wondered well, if there was so who knows if it was related you know what we we talk about coincidences all the time, you know, with our government and and with things that we do. I don't know if this was a coincidence or not because I not only was a part of, I don't know if you would call it a controversial show, but by the way, where's this bacon from, Chris? Oh, this bacon right here, Chase, yeah. is actually up from uh, Burlington, Washington, oh, from the Burlington. co-op. It's actually been mm. soaked in a maple brine. Oh, yeah, and then when you cook it, it uh, kind of gets a little crystallized around the edges. It's quite delicious. Oh man, you know, I really want some of that. Go with that Popeyes chicken. Yeah. Uh, so here's the deal. Last week was a big week. We had a huge unfilter, one of the biggest we've ever done here outside of our special coverage of presidential events. And I was also on Padre's Corner on Twit, and I talked about Gamergate. So you have our show, the big show, then you had Gamergate. And then over the weekend, my site, uh, geekgamer.tv, my podcasting site, was DDoSed. Uh, they were using exit uh, Tor server points uh, to attack my Apache processes. So they were going right to the source. They weren't like attacking WordPress. They were attaching, uh, attacking Apache. And it brought down my site for literally nearly 12 hours until... That's how we, go. That's how we roll. Thanks, Obama. I mean, seriously. Yeah, brought you down for a while. Yeah. And That's so 
So Dicks. what? That's a dick thing. To he, do. Here, here's the. We thing. don't know though if it's related to. The I show don't know if it's related to this show or whatever. But here's the weirdest thing to me. First off, you know me, Chris. I've been doing this thing for a while. Uh, Geek Gamer TV, while I have it nice and polished and it looks great, and you know, it, it, it's it's a passion for me, but it's not a money maker. It's not, it's not like you know I can quit my day job for it. But that being said, it gives off the impression that it's you know I must be doing something right because I have a really nice presence on the web. And I'm thinking, what are they doing? What are they trying to do to me? Are, are, just piss you off, probably. just well, yeah, just to be dicks. But then it, then the other side of me flips. The other side of me that goes. Wow, I must have really pissed somebody off. I guess, yeah. I mean, or that's pretty cool. Or somebody, well, I guess <laughs> in a weird way. Somebody has a small dick syndrome. I mean, it's yeah. it's 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 too bad uh, because you can do that to anybody. There's really no class to it. Yeah. Well, Kitsune Kitty, uh, you know, nailed it right there. It might be the feminists teamed up with ISIS. Well, that sounds right. Or ISIL. We're gonna actually have a clip specifically addressing that and how they're bringing in the feminists. You won't believe it coming up later. In the really? Show. Yep, wow. Really. Uh, uh, but yes. <clears throat> you'll have to stay tuned because I will. I, if people were, if if you were getting DDoSed because of the quality of last week's show, uh, I think people, what people have to appreciate is it could have been worse. It could have been this. Which performer did not sing at a swearing-in ceremony at a presidential inauguration? A. Kelly Clark. Can you describe wait. to me what you're seeing right now, Chase? Clarkson. B. Wait, 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 John Bur- wait, wait, wait. Is CNN doing a game show? Berman. I've never Beyonce. seen this. Beyonce. B. That is incorrect. It's not incorrect. She lip synced. <laughs> Chicken. I like President chicken. Franklin Roosevelt reportedly suffered from triskaidekaphobia, which is a fear of what? A. Children. B. Ghosts. C. Produce. D. The number thirteen. D. That is correct. Okay, uh, there's a bridge. Can you believe this? CNN has a quiz show now with their hosts, and and I, I got minutes of this crap in here. I'm not going to play the whole thing. This but... this is awful. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I mean, yes, we some people might not have enjoyed last week's episode, but. It, it could have been this. Why are they doing this? We should ice the on that music. Of Deep Throat that worked with the Porter's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I almost bit the farm on that one. Holy crap. Anderson, stop it. Mm-hmm. Why is he making noises? Okay. I gotta pull that music. Uh, 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 if 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 anybody wanted to really do us a big favor when there was an unfiltered supporter and had this sync, if you could pull out the music and the little ding without us laughing in there and stuff, like if you could go grab the clip and send that into the show, that would save me some time. Chris, yeah. Chris, explain to me. Or first off, all right, all right, I could see CNN doing a, a show about the headlines, a new yeah. a game show. So okay, last cool. week, Chase, we got a lot of like, but, why did you talk about Brian Williams, right? Yeah. Because the Brian Williams story fundamentally underscores a major issue with NBC, which is the major issue with the mainstream media. Yeah. So a couple of things are interesting. Yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember that cyber uh, hacking story we covered right before the Olympics where NBC went over there and supposedly they got hacked by just visiting a coffee shop? And, and then it turned out they're actually in Moscow and the guy they downloaded- They were in Sochi, right. Right. The guy downloaded yes. an APK yes. intentionally. And he, and he checked the use from untrusted right. sources. And, that was yes. lying. Yeah. Nobody at NBC got fired for And that. we called them on that immediately. Right. They're, NBC puts out false crap. all the, yep. So it's obvious they're all a bunch of liars. Right. But when you see something like this happen, it exposes a part of the beast that's interesting to document. Yeah. Since then, the mainstream media seems to be absolutely essing themselves. Like, they're just a mess. Here's another example. And this is 
I'm, we're, then we're going to move on to real news. But it is, I think, fundamentally important that we break down the me- the way the messengers are delivering the message to us. This is an extremely important part of this show. And I want to bring something to your attention that's extremely awkward. Uh, and I, for me, I think it's a result of the whole Brian Williams thing. New so- research out today says one symptom of menopause, hot flashes, can last a lot longer than many women expected. And Dr. John LaPook. So at that point, you'd think, okay, this is interesting. Medical maybe, story. Maybe okay. he would go to a correspondent. Now, what's for me, what's really odd is then they go to him standing at the desk, and it's just... Here to tell us more. John, what's new in this study? Well, Scott, we used to think that usually hot flashes lasted maybe a couple of years at most. And what this study found was that actually, on average, it can last for more than seven years, and in some women, up to 14 years. There were big differences in ethnicity, so African-American you, women are you had the longest duration, and Japanese women is, had the shortest. What was the most you? surprising, and I spoke to a gynecologist today, she was surprised. Does this seem odd to you that it's two white guys standing in front of the news desk having this conversation instead of Scott behind the desk doing the reporting and sending it to maybe a female correspondent or something? Right, yeah. I, isn't this, doesn't this seem particularly odd? It's that, very weird. It's like, why would he be talking about it, not like one of their awesome female reporters that are probably out there? And it's like a long report, well, too. Yeah. This... This is weird. They just they, the media has been weird this week. They're watching. I have a whole bunch. That's why the overtime folder is so huge this week because there's so much weird, weird, weird stuff in there. But it is time we get to uh, what's being called the Ocean's Eleven of cyber attacks. We'll start up our new segment this week with some cyber. Moving on today, a Russian security company reported that it discovered one of the biggest bank robberies ever. No guns involved. Hackers did it, breaking into more than 100 banks in 30 countries and making off with a total of as much as $1 billion. Here's Anna Werner. The authors of the report call it the great bank robbery of the modern era. Their ultimate goal was to steal as much money as possible, and they largely accomplished that. Chris Doggett is managing director for Kaspersky Lab, the computer security firm that uncovered the scheme. Your very basic hacker guys are all about getting in and stealing whatever they can get their hands on. The way these guys are different is they were really a combination of hackers, spies, and thieves. The criminals often use the simplest of methods to get into banks, an email attachment with a virus sent to bank employees. When the employee clicked on it, the hackers gained access to the bank's financial systems, then spied to see how the employees and the systems worked. So that now, by the way, accounts as for the massive cyber attack is by getting people to open up attachments. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Opening up an attachment is now considered the, one of the most massive cyber heists ever. They went in and actually changed the balances in accounts at the bank so that it looked to the bank like there was more money in that account than there actually really was in reality. They then- now, of course, any bank system would not allow that to happen. There'd be checking and balances. Yeah, I was going to say, you didn't work in this yeah. industry. You can't yeah. just go in there. And, like, so the bank would have like a SQL database. They would have like the, the information you might display in the account. Then there would be the actual summary in another system, and they'd have to match up. And used e-payment systems and online banking systems and ATM machines and even the SWIFT financial network to then transfer the money out of those accounts into other accounts that they had set up for themselves. Often, the hackers sent commands to ATMs to just spew out money. I love and this then one. they'd have a person standing there to collect it. The losses are huge. Now, that only happened in Ukraine. but One bank lost nearly $10 million when the hackers targeted its online banking platform. One quick thing to note. Do you notice the source? 
Kaspersky, yeah. Where is Kaspersky Moscow, from? but well, they're, they're pretty legit. No, okay. But they have all been right. all over this. The guy that's talking in this clip right. was on every news network. Because I, I will tell you this. Yeah. When I heard this story and I, then I heard the source, yeah. my ears perked because yeah. of the connection. Yeah. That's no, all. That, so, that, that's possible. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Another was hit for $7.3 million through ATM fraud. It's not clear yet how many banks in the U.S. were affected or whether they lost money. Now, the American Bankers Association told us today, quote, there's no evidence U.S. banks were infiltrated. But Doggett's group, Scott, found U.S. banks were definitely targeted. Imagine what Bonnie and Clyde would think. Nice oh, job, Scott. God. Oh, Scott. Now introducing your new anchor, Brian Williams. Now, this next clip... <laughs> Sorry. Gosh, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, th- this next clip is a little long. In fact, at first it was in the overtime folder, but it actually encompasses three really important stories that have developed uh, since our, your last Unfilter show. Okay. Uh, number one is uh, the fact that it is essentially looks like, based on leaks from the U.S. government, that the, the actions, the cyber warfare actions the U.S. government has taken has sort of trained Iran and others. Mm. Number two story is... The uh, legislation, the executive action that uh, Obama took last week that essentially is executive version of CISPA. We're going to talk about that. Right. And then there is a third mystery sauce in there that you just have to wait and see. It's a little long, but it's actually a really great report. So just suck it up because it's important information. The notorious NSA spying agency is increasingly worried that U.S. cyber attacks have actually taught Iran how to hack. That's according to the latest document leaked by Edward Snowden. Now, in 2010, the so-called Stuxnet computer worm reportedly wiped out a fifth of Iran's nuclear centrifuges by making them spin out of control. Two years later, a destructive data mining virus nicknamed Flame has caused massive losses from the computers of Iran's top officials. And it seems Iran learned from the damage. Artis Ganesh Chikam explains. When attacking someone, expect a counterattack. The Intercept magazine has published a classified NSA document showing that the U.S. spy agency was concerned that Iran was learning from the cyber attacks that it suffered. You remember who's behind the Intercept? Snowden. Greenwald. Oh, Gre- who has the? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Greenwald and then the PayPal guy, and yeah. This is from April 2013. The NSA refers to a sophisticated cyber attack against Iran's oil industry. Within months, Iran was apparently able to replicate that attack. The U.S. never openly admits to its top secret cyber attacks. But back in June of 2012, the New York Times interviewed U.S. officials who, on condition of anonymity, said that President Obama, from the beginning of his time in office, had secretly ordered sophisticated attacks on the computer systems that run Iran's nuclear enrichment facilities. Those officials also told the New York Times that the U.S. president was very well aware that with every new attack, the U.S. was pushing digital warfare to a whole new level. Ray McGovern is here today to discuss this. Mr. McGovern, thank you for joining me. You're most welcome. Now, he's a former NSA whistleblower himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've Do seen you him see before. any indication that U.S.-developed viruses were eventually used against the U.S. or its allies? Yes. <laughs> what you have to do is consider Saudi Arabia an ally. Because when, I guess he was a, maybe he was a CIA whistleblower. When Iran was targeted, its oil industry was targeted in April of 2012, four months later, the, Saudi, the Saudis lost tens of thousands of computers full of data for their oil industry. Now, you can guess who made the virus attack, or the cyber attack on Iran, but it's pretty clear. Which we don't know. Which we don't we know for sure, but, you know, I, I give you a good guess that it was uh, just as with Stuxnet, which we do know before, 
that Israel and the United States, hand in glove, worked on this. These viruses, as I understand, have a tendency of migrating in unexpected ways. Uh, the one that was designed for Iran's nuclear power plant, the so-called Stuxnet, then spread across the world, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, that's the danger. It caused a havoc in many systems. Uh, and unless you're really, you know, they say, well, it was a mistake. Well, hello. You make a mistake in something like that, you can, you can cause uh, untold damage. The U.S. is not only fighting cyber threats, it turns out it's been leading the digital warfare by example. In Washington, I'm Ganesh Chekyan, RT. Now, yes, President Barack Obama has flown to the other side of the country to attend a cyber summit at Stanford University. Now, did you hear about this? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who wasn't there? Well, yeah, like a yeah. lot of people weren't there. <laughs> yeah. You know who was there? Mm. Tim Cook was there, interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, but Facebook wasn't there. Yeah. I know that much. Google. Google wasn't there. And uh, Yahoo. And, uh, and, but was there was Obama's pen. And he had an executive order to sign. And there he's set to sign an executive order for private tech companies to share more information with the government in an attempt to fight future hacking threats. And this follows the launch of a new unit that brings together information from various law enforcement and so his CISPA program is voluntary. Now this, this is a whole new agency. And intelligence agencies to battle cyber attacks. But cybersecurity experts have a number of concerns with the idea. The issue with this new agency is where is the, where is the limitation on what the use of the data is going to be, what's collected and what's being used. So it brings together all the different agencies' cyber data. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, then they can share it there. And Obama's new uh, executive action, I cover it in Tech Talk today if you want to know more about it. Um, Basically, it's a, it's an executive. It's a more limited version of CISPA. Companies can voluntarily sign up. They get some indemnification if they do. You know, good times. So, uh, so, so really, what's their? I guess what's their incentive to sign up then? Um, I mean, if it's voluntary, I don't know. I guess because they get to. I mean, there is a, there is the sharing of threat information. I suppose so. There's, there's so, so so to protect themselves and their customers. I guess. I don't know. I mean. I, I'm all for communication and protect ourselves from outside threats. Sure. But when you start spying on Americans and you start spying on what we're doing, that's where it crosses the line. And then when there's investigations and, and spying that's happening and then they can't even disclose that information, yeah. that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And obviously I don't know what the full language of this indemnification is, but if it includes that kind of uh, protection – No good. God, no. No yeah. good. Yeah, no good. Uh, you know what else is no good? Mm. Uh, you know, we've had we covered it, I think, last week. Did we talk about Yemen last week? I can't even remember. But there, Yemen has we been a mess. We talked a lot of things. And uh, <laughs> the U.S. had to get out of their embassy. They had to get out quick. Oh, and, wow. of course, when you get out, well, you got to leave some stuff behind that yeah, probably somebody's going to pick up. Now, the last personnel of the U.S. Embassy in Yemen has now been evacuated from the capital of Sana'a, leaving behind more than 20 vehicles. Each armored Suburban costs around $150,000 apiece. Now, before departing the embassy, Marines destroyed their weapons using a sledgehammer so they don't end up in the wrong hands, which raises a very serious question. Where do all the American weapons go after the regime supported by the U.S. fails? According to The Guardian, Washington cannot track the exact whereabouts of a significant number of weapons, heavy armored machinery, and artillery supplied to Yemen over the last decade for a total of about $400 million. Yep. Now, until 
Yeah. Mm. We have more information about that uh, cyber agency, by the way, in the show notes. Uh, one more uh, story to get to, uh, I think. Let me see. Yeah, two more stories in the news to get to before we get to our the main segment that I'm chomping at the bit to get to. Word. Uh, so I just also want to update people on Ukraine. I know. I know. It's like our vegetables, okay? I, I know, Chase. I say Ukraine and you go, oh, Ukraine. Well, I, I think oh, uh, another Ukraine. plane got shot down there, again. There's been a no, – no, look. There's been – well, actually, let's, there's, there's, despite the ceasefire, there's still been some shooting. As the ceasefire inched closer, no let up in the violence. A Ukrainian armored vehicle takes aim at separatist positions close by. We're in the village of Talakovka near Mariupol, where the shelling is nearly constant. This is the last frontline position of the Ukrainian army. They tell us that the separatists are about a thousand yards in that direction. Now, they also say that the separatists have tried to overrun this position several times, but have been repelled every time. All right, so we'll stop right there. The whole clip is in the show notes. Uh, so that can, the fighting continues even though they're kind of technically in a ceasefire. Now, yeah, I thought Putin signed this great ceasefire and it's going to happen on Saturday and everybody's going to be happy and just well, put down the weapons. There is some potentially good news. Oh. We are following breaking news okay. out of Ukraine on the crisis there. We have just learned that the United Nations Security Council has voted to approve a Russian-drafted resolution to support the Minsk agreements. It was reached by leaders of Russia, Ukraine, France, and Germany. RT correspondent Marina Portnaya is following this from New York and has more on what she has learned. Well, we should point out that the unanimous adoption of this resolution is a breakthrough in itself for the United Nations Security Council's consensus finally being reached following some 30 meetings related to Ukraine over the past 12 months. Now, the Russian draft resolution essentially endorses the European brokered Minsk agreement reached last week and calls on Kyiv and the Ukrainian separatists to fully implement the measures mandated in the agreement. Some of those measures include maintaining the February 15th ceasefire and for both sides of the conflict to withdraw heavy weapons to equal distances in order for a buffer zone to be created. Now, the Security Council also reaffirmed uh, a resolution that was adopted by the Council last year, which demanded access uh, uh, to all areas of Ukraine so that uh, there can be an unimpeded investigation into the downing of uh, Malaysian air flight MH17. This is something that the Council uh, wanted to underscore. Yeah. Interesting that Russia is the one pushing for that, huh? Isn't it? Hmm. It's very interesting. It's like, well, yeah, we, we want to push for it so they can, what, spend their own version of it? Now, the council also expressed its uh, full respect for the sovereignty, uh, independence, and territorial integrity of Ukraine. All right. So some potentially good news there, Chase, in Ukraine. We'll see. I'm skeptical because the fighting continues. But. Well, yeah, I, I was immediately skeptical when, when I first heard about the ceasefire. I'm like, it, this isn't going to happen. I mean, I heard about it, and I put no stock in the report whatsoever because we've yeah. seen what's been happening over there. Now, is Putin trying to kind of do a two-faced thing going saying, well, hey, I, I so want – We're I want not this. behind these guys, but no. I could ask him to get, knock it off. Yeah. And, uh, you mean, know, they may have, they may have everybody I'm surrounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch it pretty closely for the next week, and we'll yeah. see. I, I, don't even want, I don't even need to put this in the red book. It's not going to stop. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, speaking of Red Book, I guess we had somebody write in about the show about the Red Book. Did you see that? No, no, oh, I missed that. Angela told me, but oh, dang it, I forgot. Oh. All right. So uh, come, getting back, back okay. on track. All right. Uh, we got to get into ISIS. This is what I've been wanting to talk about. ISIL, already. Chris. Mm, IS. Yeah. Dash. So uh, we, you know me. Gosh, you know, you know where I got to start with this. We got to we got to update the media presence. We got to talk about the big bad guy. We got to get the image out there. We got to talk about Al Baghdadi. Al Baghdadi. Today, CBS News obtained a rare photo <gasps> of the most wanted terrorist in the world. 
the leader of Wait, Osama bin Laden? Of ISIS, no, he's dead, Chris. Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Oh, you mean Osama bin Laden? Now, does that look like the same guy to you? No. Doesn't look like him at all, does it? No. Uh, if you... Can you back it up a little bit? Yeah, man, I'll back it up. All right, because I... All right, so... All right, I'm just looking at... Uh, Don't be racist, Chase. I'm looking at his his uh, eye, eyebrows because obviously he's wearing a, a cap, turban, or I don't know what is the proper term. So I apologize, but uh, I'm, I'm looking at. Okay, let's keep going. Let's I'm keep looking going. at his eyebrows. Let's keep going. in the world, the leader of ISIS, Abu Bakr al Baghdadi. The picture was taken by the U.S. military in 2004 when al Baghdadi was imprisoned at Camp Bukha in Iraq. At least 12 men who did time there went on to become top. ISIS leaders. Now, yeah, like Chatman points out, uh, he's been reported dead like a dozen times too over the last few years. Uh, so there you go, a new picture of El Baghdadi. Um, I don't. I just. I just wanted to play that for you. I don't. I don't know. Uh, and, and then one more good bit. Of, good bit of news. We're gonna get some money coming in the good, good old U.S. You know what we're not selling enough of? Oil. Oh, we're selling plenty of oil. <laughs> too much oil. We need to sell more. No, Chase. You got to think. You got to think the future. You got to oh. think. Where does America lead? What industry? is America number one. And where could we, if we just loosened up our belt a little bit, make a lot more money? Mm, Coal? The Obama administration has announced that for the first time it will allow the export of armed drones to allies. (laughs) The announcement comes just two weeks after President Obama met with Jordan's King Abdullah. The king reportedly asking Obama to sell unmanned surveillance drones to his country in order to better fight the Islamic State. The State Department said that the U.S. will exercise restraint in deciding to sell the aircraft overseas. Drone sales would also be subject to decades-old rules establishing a strong presumption of denial, meaning that foreign governments would have to make a powerful case for purchasing the drones. But, you know, Chase, I mean, in the name of ISIS, we got to sell them some drones. Chris. we got to sell them some drones. It's ISIS. Well, yeah. They're I all mean, over well, the how, how else are they going to take these guys out without putting boots on the ground? So did you hear about uh, the mass beheading that uh, yeah, happened I with just the heard Egyptians? About that, yeah. All right, I'm gonna, for, for those of you who didn't hear this, quick recap. We're right here. Egypt is striking back against ISIS this morning after the militant group reportedly executed 21 kidnapped Egyptians. Egypt began bombing ISIS facilities in neighboring Libya. Now, take, go, ahead, go ahead and take a good look at the map. Okay. Uh, uh, take a listen. So, so uh, this is uh, there's your Syria up there. Yeah, I see. There's it. your Iraq. Yeah, I see. You've got it. your Saudi Arabia right here. Yeah, got your yeah. Egypt, and then yeah. your Libya. Now, this here Chase is Africa. Okay. <laughs> now, Africa. Yes, it is Africa. It's, it's not Chris. so. It's not too big, so it's, it's hard. It's, it's it's easy to miss it because it's not very big. But uh, it's the biggest continent. Chase, what? It, it it's pretty big, Chris. Chase. Oh. Chris, uh, Chris, breaking news. It's yeah. That's Katy Perry there, ladies and gentlemen. So, anyways, this is where. Uh, so, uh, right up in here uh, on the on the shore. See, on the shore, Egypt began bombing ISIS facilities in neighboring Libya overnight. The plane's targets include training sites and storage locations for weapons. Alex Ortiz is in Cairo. Yeah. Now you know it. Well, uh, so that is that gives you the the basic overview there, though. Uh, I actually though, Democracy Now has a hell of a report on this. A hell of a report, and I want to play it because it's really going to go kind of give you a much better picture of what the hell's going on now and why. Guess what? Looks like Libya. Might be our next destination again. So we're, we're just going back to all our we're, favorite places. Well, we're racking up the frequent flyer miles. Yeah, no I'm Amy Goodman. And I'm Aaron Matze. Welcome to our listeners and viewers around the country and around the world. Egypt has opened a, a new front in the war against ISIS. On Monday, Egyptian warplanes bombed northeastern Libya after Cairo vowed to avenge the killing of 21 Coptic Christians. 
Egypt claims it hit ISIS targets, quote, precisely. But at least seven civilians, including three children, were reportedly killed in the coastal city of Derna. The bombings come after the Islamic State released a video showing the beheading of the 21 kidnapped Egyptians. The victims are led onto a beach dressed in orange jumpsuits, like Guantanamo Bay prisoners. They are then beheaded one by one. The lead executioner points his knife at the camera and delivers a message to what he calls the Crusaders. Old people, recently you've seen us on the hills of Asham and on that explain, chopping off the heads that have been carrying the cross delusion for a long time. <clears throat> so calling out the other videos. Filled with spite against Islam and Muslims. And today we're on the south of Rome, on the land of Islam, Libya, sending another message. So go ahead, and we're telling you right where we're at. We're in Libya. We're getting the country's name right in this video. Look at us on the beach, on the shores of Libya. We're so in Libya. Oh, Crusaders, safety for you will be only wishes, especially when you're fighting us all together. The victims were all migrant workers kidnapped late last year. There are now reports more Egyptians have been kidnapped inside Libya in recent days. The video is the first showing an Islamic State beheading. Outside of its strongholds in Syria and Iraq, ISIS is one of several militant groups that have... Look at that crane shot, huh? This... Are you seeing that, that group shot there? Libya Look at that, the US over This bothers me. I mean, obviously, the act of, of terror is, is awful, and, mm. and people getting killed is oh, awful. Oh, yeah, I guess that's kind of a bummer, huh? Yeah. But here's what I don't understand. If I was going to be beheaded, if I was in that line, let's say I was in an orange suit being tropped out on a beach and I saw everything that was happening in front of me, why would I just stand there? I would just start running. Go ahead, shoot me. If I'm going to die anyway, I don't want to have my head cut know, do off. Do they have guns? So They must have guns. I don't understand. I don't understand if you have that many people knowing what's going to happen. This is what you call issue with? This is out of no, all of it. No, I know, but it's I'm not a, the crane cam. It's not the obvious. We're on the shores no, telling you exactly no, where no. we're at. I'm, Come I'm, get I'm us. Getting, I'm getting to all okay, that. Okay. But what I'm saying is that if anything, will show that it's all set yeah, up. Yeah. Because if it was really happening, if if this was real, you great. die. Go, you die fighting. I'm if you're gonna die anyway. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. I mean, gosh, you'd be thinking about your kids, your wife. You'd be thinking about everything. So here's the. Here's, a, here's wow. a crazy thing that's hard for us to wrap our heads around in Libya. The, the, the government situation, since we rolled into, the, into Libya, well, there is, there, there is like no government. And there is, a, there is a metric load of guns in Libya. There's a lot of guns in Libya. A lot of guns. Yeah. Yeah. ...of Muammar Gaddafi in 2011. Today marks four years since the official start of the Libyan revolution, Woo! which ended in Gaddafi's ouster Woo! and death. Now the country faces what the United Nations calls the worst political crisis and escalation of violence since that time. Two different governments run Libya, each with their own parliaments and armies. The internationally recognized government operates from the eastern cities of Tabruk and Baida after a rival group called Libya Dawn seized the capital Tripoli in August. A number of militant groups, including the Islamic State affiliate, are scattered in between. Egypt's bombing marks the first time ISIS has been targeted with strikes outside Iraq and Syria. And although it emerged in the upheaval following the 2011 intervention, there's talk now of a new foreign operation beyond the Egyptian strikes. On Monday, Italy said it would weigh attacks on the Islamic State in Libya if UN-backed talks failed to reconcile Libya's rival factions. Italian Interior Minister Angelino Alfano called for direct NATO intervention, saying, quote, ISIS is at the door. There is no time to waste. So you got this split government uh, going on here in Libya. You got this mess where you got these different groups that are trying to take power. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but I got an email. Yes. It sounded pretty legit to me. Okay. 
viewer of this show says that the specific that what I need, and I tried to look into today, and I just didn't have enough time. He said, look into the specific area that they're bombing, that Egypt is bombing. They're bombing somebody they've been wanting to kill for years. Oh, totally unrelated to this. It's like the area they chose to bomb. Like they call it training camps for ISIS, but that's totally BS. He says, "Wow." Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of interesting. And then when you look in the context of the governmental issues and yeah. and, 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 and 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 somebody's look, somebody calling out for somebody, let's fix this. And and now it's like, hey, well, let's roll out the ISIS reason. The current war authorization measure before the U.S. Congress also increases the prospect of direct U.S. intervention. President Obama has asked lawmakers to grant him expansive authority to target the Islamic State anywhere in the world beyond the current campaign in Syria and Iraq. With Washington's ally Egypt starting a new front, that opens the question of whether Libya is next on the U.S. target list. For more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and the uh, authorization that we got all worked up about last week allows him to go roll in there. Yeah. Like, and, no questions asked. Just come on in. And uh, I love this clip here. We got to play. This also goes more into the Egypt stuff, and uh, uh, it just builds around the whole mystique a good, a good The U.S. has a secret list of the top ISIS operatives in Syria. Oh, I love it already. Oh, Barbara. Oh. And Iraq, it wants to kill. Oh, we want to kill him. Number one, ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. It's been months since the last intelligence report about where al-Baghdadi is hiding, a senior U.S. official tells CNN. The U.S. believes he knows warplanes are hunting him, so he moves cautiously, even as his influence has grown beyond Syria and Iraq. His influence is growing, Chase. <laughs> with, I love it. With his number one fan behind him. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah number yeah. one fan. The fact that al-Baghdadi has become this this uh, pan-Islamic caliphate boss, boss of bosses, uh, is pretty distressing. Uh, but it also means that we know what the command and control might actually be uh, be like. The U.S. has already killed a dozen or so ISIS operatives, oh. including a chemical weapons expert. Yeah. ISIS executioners like so-called Jihadi John yeah, he are still hey, in John. the U.S. crosshairs, but the list focuses on targeting those whose death would broadly hurt ISIS. ISIS operatives are added to the list as intelligence, often from cell phone intercepts, is gained. The kill list may now expand as the U.S. struggles to understand an ISIS command structure made more confusing with ISIS moving into Egypt, Yemen, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Libya. Look at that list, dude. Let's back that up. Look at that beautiful list. Oh, man. Look at that. Oh, you know what that is right there? God, Chris, I just got a flashback. Uh, what Was it Rumsfeld talking to Bush or who was it talking to Bush about the five countries that we're going to invade we're, That next? was uh, Wesley Clark. We're that gonna, was Clark. We're going to play a clip from him in just a couple okay, minutes. Okay. Yeah. The Wes, the Wes Clark 7. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Coincidence? Yeah. Do you want me to go play that? I, could, I, could go, I think I have it's, it. Yeah. If you have it quick because gosh, I don't know, I'll check. I'll that, check. Popped, that popped right in my head. I was just thinking- these that's yeah. like almost the same list that uh, he you know he he dispelled to everybody. Yeah, I don't know if I do because I don't. I think I took it off to save some hard drive space. I, I didn't go too far back, but uh, let's see. This this clip might have it. This we, we might just get lucky. I will. Uh, I'll play it. We'll see what we get. Do you feel About lucky? Ten days after nine eleven, I went oh, to yeah, the Pentagon. This is, is it? I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and 
and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went down. So I'm sorry, you said 10 days after 9 11, right? This clip was, this clip, this very clip I am playing was uploaded on September 11th, 2011. Wow. So that's when this clip was uploaded, but he, yeah, okay. Stairs, just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, Sir, you got to come in, you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, Well, you're too busy. He said, No, no. He says, We've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq? Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They've just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but... We've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later. And by that time, we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk. He picked up a piece of paper. He said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense office today. And he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. Hmm. So, so, so some of the players have changed in that list. Yeah, and the time scale has changed a little bit now. Uh, General yeah. Wesley Clark is a retired general of the United States Army. Yep. Uh, valedictorian of uh, West Point. He was, uh, I mean, he's, he's pretty well, he's pretty well known. If you're not familiar with him, though, he was... Supreme Headquarters Allied, uh, uh, he uh, was at the United States European Command. He was in Vietnam, United States Kosovo, Southern, yeah. Southern Command, Vietnam War, Kosovo, yep. Um, he was a uh, four-star general. He uh, he retired in 2000. Yeah. 70 years old now. Uh, and that clip was from 2011. He does a lot of running. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, <laughs> before we get back into the uh, clips of things, uh, while, while we're uh, on, the, on a break, uh, I also have a story in there. Get this. We are working with Turkey to give the quote-unquote moderate rebels in Syria the ability to call in U.S. airstrikes on their own. Oh, really? So they just say, hey, uh, we need an airstrike here, and yep. the U.S. will go, here we're, we go. We're training opposition forces and going to give them details. To, uh, and, and you ready for this? You're going oh, you're gonna, you're gonna to love this part. There's a major highlight here. Paul, if you, oh, do you have it? No, you don't have it. Over there. Uh, There's a major one? highlight to the story you're going to love if you find it. Uh, but I'll find it for you. Guess what? Mm. So we're going to give them. We're going to we're going to train 400 troops. We're going to oh. also send over some CIA to help uh, train them up real good. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're not it. just we're not just going to give them training. We're also going to give them Toyotas. We're giving them more Toyotas. Yep. They're going to give I'm, them more Toyotas. I'm doing a face palm, you guys. <laughs> yep. Are these so, white? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Toyota Hilux vehicles, yeah. GPS, and radios. Yep. Hilux, by the way, man, Top Gear, just do a search on that. I mean, because, yeah. They, That's a great car, right? It's a great truck. Yeah. One of the best. Uh, do you uh, do you want to hear more about this? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. we'll, we'll finish they're, gonna be, they're about to get to Egypt, which isn't yeah. too bad. And, and Whoa, boy, Barb got loud, didn't she? Well, you know, she's really wow. pissed off. Yeah, Barb, you know what? And she's wearing a sweater. You'll see in a little bit. The Pentagon's cold, apparently. She's Libya. Enough. One caution, those labeling themselves as ISIS may have very different goals. We have to take each terrorist or cult organization in every country as a separate entity we can't look at it as part of one big group it's ironic because we're the ones labeling them isis yeah. you may miss the, the the most important targets when you're doing that 
the beheadings of Egyptian Christians on the Libyan coastline underscores the targeting problem. The U.S. wants to identify the killers on the videotape, but the broader worry, ISIS's position in Libya. It now has a stronghold in Derna and operates across Libyan coastal areas within reach of southern Europe via busy shipping lanes. It's very difficult to have the same kind of controls over people who might be getting on boats, who might be working as... as so now we're going to get ISIS on the boats, Chase. ISIS on the boats. Oh, were they going to be in, like, steel fishing boats? Watch for, like, a, like some sort of ISIS boat attack. Stevedores or laborers on, on ships that are coming into European ports. Oh, yes, that's the big scare, actually. That actually, the, the, his last words there, that I should play that back, because that's actually why they're, that's why they're saying this to have the same kind of controls over people who might be getting on boats, who might be working as uh, stevedores or laborers on, on ships that are coming into European ports. Ah, um. to scare the Europeans. Now, as far as we know, there's no current intelligence that ISIS is planning any attack into southern Europe via those Libyan ports. But it's interesting to note, U.S. and NATO warships have been patrolling the southern Mediterranean for some time now, looking for illicit activity coming out of North Africa. Those patrols by those warships can always be stepped up. Wolf? You know... You think about it, Chris, you know, all these kids and all these girls and, and everybody going over to join ISIS. ISIL. Chris. Yeah. Dash. Yeah. Um, now they're expanding to a Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, we apparently. Heard, yeah. They, they, had, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have uh, jets, right? Yeah, so they yeah. have an Air Force Couple as well. Hold on. Before you get to the uh, Coast Guard. Uh, before you get to how they recruit women, uh, before you get that far, I want to go back to your good buddy. My friend. Wesley Clark. Ah, uh, him. Uh, you know, you know he, has a, he has a habit of letting things just slip out. I don't know if you've noticed that about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one, he just kind of lets it slip out. Who funded ISIS? Oh, that's nice. So you're in a little bit of a dilemma on that. We need to leave that kind of fuzzy on this, but we need the authorization. To so they brought in Wesley Clark to talk about uh, Obama's uh, unbelievable amount of war powers that he needs. To okay. follow the leads, put the troops in, and, and play this. Look, ISIS got started through funding. Now, listen to what he's about to say. Look, ISIS got starting through funding... By oil that they uh, stole? Because that's what we were told, right? Right. We were told ISIS, the way ISIS got funded... They took was over oil wells. They, they, they robbed a huge bank. That, yep. They got their first initial investment by a huge bank, and then they took over oil companies right. and made their money on them. Yeah. But that's, not, that's of course, bullshit. I, I'm sorry, BS. Yeah. Don't yeah. swear. Yeah. Uh, Swearing bad. Th- but that's not a swear word, because they say it on TV. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> They say so a lot of things I want to back TV. it up. I want to back it up. Funding. From our friends and allies, because his people will tell you in the region. Wait, 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 From our friends and allies, because his people will tell you in the region. If you want somebody who will fight to the death against Hezbollah. Wait, our friends? Wait, our friends? If you want somebody who will fight to the death against Hezbollah. Let's let's play this just a little bit. Let's play this a little bit and then we'll... Our friends and allies, because his people will tell you in the region. If you want somebody who will fight to the death against Hezbollah, you don't put out a recruiting poster and say, you know, sign up for us, uh, we're going to make a better world. You go after zealots, and you go after these religious fundamentalists. That's who fights Hezbollah. Hmm. So I, I, I can only really think of one country that would really, really fund somebody to go after specifically after Hezbollah, and that'd probably be Israel. So I think what, I think what he is saying is Israel 
and our friends. I mean, that's. I, I'm going to play just let yeah. back one more time because it's it's kind of confusing, but it seems pretty important. Yeah. yeah. To follow the leads, put the troops in, and and play this. Look, ISIS got started through funding from our friends and allies, because as people will tell you in the region, if you want somebody who will fight to the death against Hezbollah, you don't put out a recruiting poster and say, you know, sign up for us, uh, we're going to make a better world. Wow. You- yeah. Wow. Yeah, System T's right, you know, show me the money, follow the money. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, Saudis, Kuwaitis, Emirates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are what you would call "quote unquote" allies and friends, right? And you know, this whole thing about ISIS—it just constantly seems like a blank check. And what never ever makes sense is if you really wanted to take over an area and you wanted to run out all Western influence, why would you keep going out there and waving a red flag in front of them? I go back to our intro clip. What is most surprising to you that you've learned about ISIS? Well, if you look at their uh, actions, Allison, from a rational point of view, they seem to make no sense. Beheading the American journalists got the United States and the U.S.-led coalition to attack ISIS, burning alive the Jordanian pilot, got Jordan uh, to get into the fight more aggressively, attacking the Egyptian Christians, got Egypt into the fight against ISIS. And usually it's not a winning strategy to add to your list of enemies. So and I, I can't, I cannot get away from that fundamental premise. Like, like you talk about why, why wouldn't the guy run away? Like if you really wanted to do this, you don't you don't taunt the beast. You don't you yeah. don't put the red the red flag in front of the bull. Yeah. Like you go do your like none of that it's all of that like John McCain said a couple of weeks ago is to turn interest in the US in the US public to get the US public and and and, the, and any anybody get really some, just in yeah. the, in the modern west right, really. Yeah. Um and 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 it's so blatant. It's so it's so obviously crap, but to really just underscore how how obviously just crap propaganda it is, I got to play this clip. This is like clip of the week. Carol Costello, thank you so much for joining me. As ISIS continues to gain territory across the Middle East, the- now I apologize for the quality because I had to scrape this off the web because they didn't post this up on their uh, on their website and I didn't see it live. Okay, uh, but uh, so this clip is addressing how ISIS is able to continue to reach out to uh, specifically Western women. Recruitment of young women to its ranks has become increasingly important to the group and among the most highly sought after targets, Western women. Now, uh, one of the things that uh, I've always thought sort of fundamentally fails is uh, when they're doing the ISIS propaganda, for some reason, the media, even though they have women reading the propaganda to you, they can't seem to quite nail the messaging. Like, they just don't seem to understand that women are actually intelligent human beings. They just have a couple of different chromosomes. They're not stupid. But this is their approach. But how do you relay your message of jihad in a way Westerners understand how can westerners understand this streams a little into the language of social media and that seems to be working just fine read that lower third uh chase what does that lower third say isis lures women with kittens nutella uh-huh yeah this is actually on cnn they're telling that they're telling their audience that isis is Recruiting plans for women is by posting pictures of kittens and Nutella. And apparently emojis And emojis. Well. Working just fine for ISIS. Um, ISIS is talking online about jars of Nutella, pictures of kittens, and emojis. These three images are in part helping ISIS recruiters lure Westerners into their fight no. because they want people to believe their life on the battlefield isn't so different than yours. They actually eat Nutella and I guess they have pet kittens. Is anybody believing this? This 
Can you actually believe they think people are eating this crap up? By the way, remember we need to talk a little, before you click that off. Oh, uh, yeah. um, we talk about visual stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, the this, kid in the background. This, this reporter is in front of a uh, a video wall. Yep. That has custom war with ISIS graphics. Yeah. Kids crying. Yeah. ISIS expanding there in the corner. War you, with ISIS. You have Toyota trucks with people in yep. the back. Yep. I mean, they are really pushing this propagation and this message so deep. Yeah. Wow. Last week, uh, they got in trouble for calling the uh, uh, Ukrainian army pro-U.S. troops. So uh, so here's where uh, last week I got got pretty heated. I got pretty upset last week uh, because really we were seeing the sort of the uh, – the finally the coming together of so many threads we've been following for so long and they came together to such a foregone conclusion like so obviously foreseeable conclusion it was so frustrating to see it happen yeah and the other thing i realized <clears throat> is i've gotten really 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 burned out really sick and tired of trying to demonstrate to people that isis is anything isis is nothing more than a bunch of mad insane lunatics that our intelligence agencies from many different Western nations have armed, trained, and created for many years. And now then we have toppled regimes in Libya and created horrible problems and then pumped it full of guns. And now, now, and I've got a link in the show notes, we want to send more guns into Libya. We're trying to get more guns into Libya. McCain, give these people guns. The, the, the Libyan government, the, what, what, what we recognize as the Libyan government, one of the two governments is down there as asking that the United States give them guns. Right. And we are, we are inflaming this in such a way. I, what I realized was frustrating for me is I kept trying to prove the premise to the audience that ISIS was nothing more than a front. And that ISIS was sort of a creation of media and branding that's still pretty weak. Yeah. That it's it's really just a way for the, the for some Western nations to go just wild. And and not that they're completely under our control. I'm not trying to say that like we're we're mastering all the strings, but they're saying that we created them, we funded them, right? Well, I'm still yeah. trying to prove that premise. To me yeah. it seems pretty obvious. Well but- you know, we, we bring it up all the time when we see their their green screen antics when we see their production when we see how news yeah. agencies give them attribution for yeah. recruitment yeah. video yeah. oh i'm sorry i'm putting this in air quotes recruitment videos you know i i'm with you yeah. I, it, it gets frustrating because obviously we see this we've been following this for near at least a year if not longer and, and seeing what's going on with them and Obviously, this is the the United States military industrial complex. Even going back to the throwbacks of you know some of the other shows that we we've done in, in the beginning of Unfilter, this is how the machine is continued. Yeah. And this we is saw, how it keeps going. And you know, it's just it's so interesting. Like that, this mass beheading comes out right on the shores of Libya, right as we uh, right as it comes in time for us yeah. to go into Libya, right as Egypt needs a reason to go in. And yes, it's tragic, and I'm, it really sucks that people are dying. And that's what as part of makes it so awful. But for me, what I have been struggling with, and what I was kind of getting angry with is I feel like sort of creatively and and a momentum like the show had come to a spot where I was like I, I need to get past trying to prove this premise and if you're not getting it at this point we're gonna leave you behind well, and I was rung up against that wall and now I've yeah. just kind of breaking through and I've decided all right, I think we've sold the premise that whatever ISIS is we're, we, it's not exactly what we're being told and as long as everybody can buy off on that yeah. premise we're gonna move forward were, were you gonna get people that are going to obviously buy into that premise, and they're going to agree with us. And you're going to get people that disagree with that premise, but will still stick with it. And then you're going to get that people uh, they're going to just leave anyway. Um, and you know what? That's that's totally fine. We've we've proven the point. We've been trying to hammer it home. And obviously, a lot of you guys who do support us 
follow what we're trying to do. And you can support us over at patreon.com slash unfiltered, where 356 of you uh, have decided to yeah. do that. And we actually picked up some people yeah, last week from that. We did. We And we got and not only did we pick some people up, but we got people that are existing patrons that upped their support. That is too. so cool. We lost some, too. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. And, and so here's what uh, Chase and I uh, are going to take a, a breather next week. So we only get a chance to really talk during the show. Yeah. Um, and so the problem with that is if we want to have a production meeting, the only time that we really have available to talk is during the show. Right. So what we're going to do next week is we're going to take the week off. Uh, Rekai's out of town. so we don't have <gasps> How a- dare him? I know. He comes in that night, so we probably could leave a show for him to edit in the morning. <laughs> That's just cold. That's what I figured. But what, yeah. what I figured we could do yeah. instead is take that time to just sort yeah. of – you and I will have a production meeting. We're going to talk about the show a little bit. When we come back, we'll cover some of the feedback that we've been getting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, kind of just kind of get some ideas worked out. I want to. We'll finally get the the Patreon page updated with the milestones. Again, you know, some of the things we want to work on is somebody's. I believe we got an email. Somebody that wants to make us a red book online. Yeah, online red book. Yeah, somebody's offered to do that. I think, but they have some questions or something. That's something I want to look. I want to work into the milestones. The other thing I want to work in the milestones is somebody to officially do our show notes and maybe even an unfiltered newsletter. Yeah, so it, it'd be there's nice. some milestones I want to add to the Patreon that we're going to figure out next right. Wednesday. So we're going to take next Wednesday off the air, but we will still be working on the show. Right? Yeah, Chris and I will uh, will be knee deep in uh, you know high level Pentagon meetings. Well, we're actually <laughs> going to do it over barbecue. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. We should go to Big Stickies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. I've also got a, I also got a, I also got a tri tip sitting in the fridge that needs to be cooked. I mean, this, this show has you know consistent evolutions uh, through it. I mean, obviously, if you've been following us since episode one, you know we. We focus in on you know specific topics, and then we we started hammering on the news and and following the narratives that are out there. So, you know, we as much as we appreciate you, we, we also want to continue to evolve and make things better. And uh, that's that's where you know we're able to finally sit down and, and chat about it. You know, we don't do it very often, and I know you guys will be very understanding of that. So, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, and I guess the one thing, you know, on the feedback, of course, you know, we had uh, not safe for work language. We'll try to avoid that. And, you know, another thing we can do is if we, do, for some reason, and we don't avoid an episode, we'll just try to maybe figure out a way to flag the episode. Right. Maybe in the title or something. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, so, uh, language, it, it's it's weird, right? You know, we our show's unfilter, yet, you know, people go, well, then you're filtering your language. Yeah, yeah. But the way- it is, it's particularly hard for me because, like, the most, this is, like, the most creative, like, Endeavor show I do. Yeah. And then I ha- it's weird to have this constant limitation saying, Great. Keep doing what you're doing, except for don't do these things. And right. so then I want to do the very thing that people are telling me not to do. See, and you know, it's the rebel inside of all of us, I guess. Yeah. Uh, don't tell me. Don't tell me what. Don't to tell do me with, what I can't do. This is my baby. Don't tell me what to I, do with it. But I understand too that obviously a lot of you say, for example, love our show, love our passion, love what we're talking about, and would love to play it to say maybe a friend or a parent, and then all of a sudden. Son of a beep, 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 you know things like that, yeah, you know, yeah, and then yeah. it makes it really uncomfortable for you and or, the other person. And as a, as a dad, one the one I always get is, "Hey, I listen in the car with my kids, and I drive my kids to school in the morning while and now I'm listening. I can't listen." Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. So and I'm always like, "Ah, you got me there." Right, but the 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 thing is though, while we're you know we're going to do our our best to to not drop the f bombs and the s bombs and and the inappropriate stuff, the show would still be uncensored, as in the topic matter. You know, we're not going to. Uh, you know, hide away from sensitive material like things that are happening in Middle East yeah, and, 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 and beheadings we, well, and, and things again, like that. I mean, and, and then maybe from time to time we'll just have an episode where we blow off some steam, and if we do, we'll lay it, we'll label it. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll tag it. We'll let you know. We'll we'll do one of those audio disclaimers. Yep. Warning. Yeah, exactly. All right, Chase. Well, guess what? Whoa! You earned it, yes! buddy. You yes! earned it. 
Yes. So take a look at the uh, take yes! a look at the clip list there. Yes. Take a look at your two pages of clip wow. list, and you get to pick out yeah. a couple. There's so many good ones here. Just to give you guys a preview of what I'm looking at here, I got some ISIS stories, of course. Here we got mm-hmm. Egypt here. Oh, uh, so I should just say, uh, if you want to keep us going uh, and you want to invest, yeah, uh, Patreon.com/slash/filter, and we're gonna have new milestones soon to try to. Uh, bo- um, Maybe add a newsletter, add a few things. I got a couple of really crazy ideas, but I need some work. Uh, I need somebody to work on it for me. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be working those in the milestones. And that's next part week. of the milestones. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's All the right. best part. So, anyways, back. So, Chase, your yes. clip list, sir. <sighs> well, obviously, Take a you good know, look at that. Know, there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of great stuff here, but you know, the thing that popped out to me. Some science in there? Yeah, I know. I saw some science. There's some uh, net neutrality. And you know what? That's what I'm kind of leaning towards because obviously, you know, one of the things that we've covered a lot on this show, CISPA and and what the FCC is doing and net neutrality. So, Chris, I would like to pull the trigger on FCC solving a problem that doesn't exist. This is Agent Pi on net neutrality. This week, an FCC hearing here in D.C. got a little out of control as two protesters disrupted. Commissioner Pye, can't you see? Americans want net neutrality! 85% of Republican voters Stop want net neutrality. neutrality! Stop representing telecoms! Represent! Get on the ground! Those protesters, we showed you this earlier this week, trying to interrupt the testimony of Republican FCC Commissioner Asia Pai. Pai says that the Obama administration's attempt to regulate the internet as a public utility is bad for the web. Tonight, he'll be the guest on Politicking with Larry King. Here's a preview. But many consumer activists, they side with Google, Facebook, Netflix, and Amazon, all of whom support, uh, support net neutrality. How do you explain that? Well, I'm an avid consumer of all those services. What I can tell you, both as a consumer and as a commissioner, is that I want a free and open Internet. Most people do. And over the past couple of decades, the Internet has been exactly that. In fact, what is striking about this 332-page document is that nowhere does the FCC identify any harms that have occurred. There's no actual problem that's identified here that needs to be solved. There's a lot of talk about hypotheticals. And in my view, if the Internet has been a bipartisan success story for the past two decades, we should preserve that and build on that and give people more broadband options, not try to solve a regulatory problem that simply doesn't exist. You know what really grinds my gears? You know what really grinds my gears? This, I need to be uh, language appropriate, this gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. Was actually on local Cairo radio. Oh yeah, oh, really? He, he actually did an interview. Oh really? Um, and he said he he propagated the same speech. Well, we we see no reason for this. Um, and the, I was really pissed off at the host because he didn't drill into the whole Comcast and Netflix situation. The 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 thing yeah. where Netflix basically had to pay for a better peering agreement to get their their video seen, and saying that they don't need this. Uh, obviously. He is in the back pocket. I want to know what his background is. I want to know his money trail because obviously he's in the pockets of Verizon, Comcast, everybody. Uh, you know, to, for him to say, like that, he, for him to say that he hasn't seen a need. What does he not remember the whole BitTorrent filtering thing? Does he not? Or, or what was it? Uh, Sandvine was that? That's what it was, right? Sandvine. So you know what? That just pisses yeah. me I, off. The, the, what, when it just I, pisses me off. The one thing that I can't get away from this whole net neutrality debate is the impending mergers of these big telcos and oh, how, yeah, Time how, Warner, how Comcast, Comcast is yeah. in the content business now. Yeah. And that uh, that out of anything else, out of 
what happens if the SEC regulates and what happens if we go uh, Title II and all of that. Those are all what-ifs that in what-ifs can be fixed in the future. But what we do know for sure is when these big mergers happen, these companies always get worse and worse. See, see the big thing about this Title II legislation that hopefully that does pass, and I know there's going to be lawsuits, and we've already made the kind of Red Book prediction on that, is finally – Finally, we'll have a consumer outlet, uh, some sort of com- consumer protection. Yeah, right. I'm not. Because, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I know. True, I, yeah. I, I know. I know. It's like at least, yeah, there'll, be a, at least, yeah. at least there'll be a system, right? Yes. But 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 the problem is, I mean, and he did hit on it. I mean, I do, I do agree with him on one minor point, and that is competition. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, until they open up last mile, mm-hmm. until they open up that, mm-hmm. there's nobody that's going to go in there unless they're the, the the might of Google. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. Obviously, Verizon and Comcast, you know, they came out and they don't they don't like these proposals. But like Sprint, they're cool with it. Yeah, Google, they're cool with it. But they're not talking about that. They're not bringing up those points because if they brought up those points, it would totally negate their argument. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm sorry, Mister uh, Pi, forget you. One more, and then we're done. You get one more. I you get got, one more. You got yes! two. You got two. I get two. Well, you know what? We we did talk a lot about Brywy. Oh yeah, we did. So so we, I think we should uh, end with some. Oh Bri-Wi. wow. Okay. All right. Now there's a couple Brywys in here. Okay. All right. Now I got to warn you. Yes. Uh, CNN. That's pretty much they went they went all in over the they weekend. They always on Bri-Wi. do that, don't they? Yeah, they went all Plane in. Plane crashes and Brywy. Yeah. yeah. So you got Will Bry Williams come back. There's that one. Yeah. And also inside the mind of a network news president. That's another one that's Brywy related. Um. I don't love either one of these Brywy ones, so Chase, it's your call. Uh, will Brian Williams come back? All right, here we go, Chase. Let's find out. Laura Bernstein is alongside me today to add his wisdom to what has been going on uh, with this, this NBC News crisis. Uh, but let's set our scene here for a moment, because really almost everything, everybody in the news industry has weighed in on the Brian Williams controversy. Including us. Except for Brian Williams. Oh. The newsman at the center of it all has yet to utter a peep since his self-imposed suspension. I told you Even he would Even as new allegations against Williams are servicing nearly every day. My sense is that he's not being allowed to speak by NBC. And, and sources at the network tell me the fact-checking investigation into his past claims is, quote, nowhere near done. Now, while there are some who think Williams should get a break, get a second chance, others say he should not return to the chair. Uh, Carl, before the break, you were saying to me, you think that it's clear that he's invented stories that he simply didn't just misremember innocently. I don't know the extent of it. I think that's what the invention, uh, what the investigation is for. Let's withhold any kind of final judgment here. Let's be careful. And as I say, not sanctimonious. And we do need to hear from Brian. And I expect and hope uh, that we will. But NBC News, we also need to hear from, as, as I mentioned. And I checked in again this morning. No comment. Uh, be, I think it'll be a while, incidentally. Yeah. Let, let him put the facts together and, and let Brian collect himself also. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a terrible experience for any person. It's a good reminder. On a very human level, this is a, this is a pretty pretty rough story. Let's bring in Michael Ware here. He's joining us at the table. A former CNN war zones, And he was in Iraq for years. <laughs> Michael, you've doing? heard the stories uh, that Brian Williams has <laughs> told. Do? do they sound like tall tales to you? Do they sound like something more than that? Well, put it this way. It eludes my understanding um, to... To see what it is that Brian Williams is saying about this conflation of this all right, notion. All right, I got to call it. This is, this is the worst of the but, worst. But, but, you know, obviously I called it. He was He's yeah. not going to be allowed to yeah. talk. Yeah. Uh, obviously, because NBC, yeah. while they're doing this quote-unquote internal investigation, really they're just trying to decide what to do with him. Yeah. Um, you think he's coming back? I don't. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't oh, know. oh, wait. Are you starting to waver now? Yeah. Wait. Wait. Are you changing your Red Book prediction? 
Well, what? I don't Chris? know. I just I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait a little bit until oh, Lester's, okay. rating, Lester's ratings are in the can. There was one clip I was really hoping you'd go with. So can I pick one and then we'll wrap it? Absolutely. This is. I'm sorry, everybody. No, no, it's okay. I'm sorry. Is it Anderson Cooper? No. Thank I'm, God. I'm already. I'm already sorry. I picked this. No matter who wins the next battle for the White House, he or she will likely be working with Ashton Carter. Foreign policy and the best strategy for our nation's military. We didn't get a chance to mention that Ashton Carter did get nominated as defense secretary. So your buddy, my good friend, yeah, hangs out. Now that's his wife there in the background with that uh, rhododendron around her neck. Carter was sworn in as the next Secretary of Defense yesterday. But the headline-making moment had nothing to do with the Pentagon's new chief and everything to do with this incident when the Vice President Joe Biden squeezed the shoulders of Carter's wife Stephanie and later seemingly whispered into her ear. Look at that, dude. The awkwardness stretching uh, far beyond the White House to social media, where the hashtag Biden pickup line soon made the rounds on Twitter. Sadly, most of those pickup lines we cannot say on the air, Uh. but we can give you a sampling of the reaction from other outlets. BuzzFeed. Look how hot that is, dude. Look at Biden going in like that. You know he's getting a smell right now. He's saying, quote, Joe Biden got a little handsy with the new defense secretary's wife. Noting Biden left his hands on Stephanie Carter's shoulders for an estimated 28 seconds. The Daily Beast being a... Look at that, dude. Look at look at, look at him going in for the sniff, dude. He's totally It looks sniffing. like he's sniffing. <laughs> the vice president of the United States of wait, America. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> That's the vice president. <sighs> That's the stuff right uh, well, there. The United States of America sniffing the new wait, defense secretary. Wait, 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 wait. Is that Pantene? Like, could he do that behind the stage? Look at him sniffing her. <laughs> wait, is that Dove? She looks like she's just into it too. She's got this smirk. Like, I wonder if they just. I wonder if this. No, like a- no, no. Don't. Don't do that. For an estimated 28 seconds. The Daily Beast, <laughs> being a little bit more blunt, declaring, "Quote: Joe Biden needs a tranquilizer dart." And the U.S. needs, quote, a new Veep hands-off policy. Finally, a Washington Post political reporter summed it up this way, quote, I hate to read too much into what Stephanie Carter might be thinking in this photo, but she certainly does not look happy, more like annoyed. I think she looks a little horny. That's what I, <laughs> I can't believe it, dude. Uh, they tried to reach her for comment, and she said no comment. Look at the VP going in for the sniff. That's the VP. <laughs> I don't know why, but that that makes me all kinds of happy. Uh, if you want to go laugh at that very clip, you should probably become an Unfilter supporter because yeah. you get the BitTorrent sync. You get all the clips you get all these show. overtime uh, clips that we didn't even have time to get to. Oh my god, dude! Uh, all these pages, yeah, are there's the some great folder. stuff. Hey, by the way, I just want to say personal thanks to all of you guys who head over to our Unfilter subreddit at unfilter.reddit.com. And by the way, <laughs> she's annoyed by the camera. <laughs> By the way, as you can see, we got some great feedback from last week's episode, and there's a lot of it here. Um, and like I said, we're going to come back and address it in a couple of weeks after our production meeting. Remember, we will not be here next week. Yeah, but we will be reading that. You know, yeah. uh, Chase will bring his huge ass six. His or no? What is that? A one plus? It's thing? a one plus one. Yeah, he'll bring that huge ass thing to us to the dinner. And yeah, we'll yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, by the way, Chris. Obviously, you know, when you're doing shows like, say, Tech Talk today, sure, man. Tech Snaps tomorrow, sure, man. and people want to know when that show's live on the air, where so can they go? Uh, the best place, twitter.com slash chrislas, or jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar also has all of our live times that in your awesome. local time. It auto-converts it. You're almost com- coming up to 10,000 tweets, my Woo-hoo. friend. Are you on the Twitter, dude? You know, I do the Twitter thing. I give everybody three bonus characters because I'm nice. That's nice. Uh, go at Nunes. She's looking at tweets. She got 14,000 at Nunes. That's right. That's right. Yes. Still got the Christmas background. Oh, you know, I cannot let go of that. you should do that next week, too. That's right. 
could change my background. You got any podcasts? I do. do. You're not getting DDoSed? Uh, when, I'm, when the site is up, you can head over to geekgamer.tv. Uh, we just did a Valentine's Day special on Minecraft Me, so people who want to express their love and caring can do it in the form of blocks. Not farts. Oh, sorry. Blocks. Whoa. And Who not put guess. the butt microphone on? I have no idea. Hey, put your pants so, back on. Uh, look, we'd love to have your support. Patreon.com slash unfilter. We'll probably post something up there next week. We're so That's nice. Right. We'd love to have something for so you So remember, guys. no show next week. But otherwise, join us live on Wednesday. That's right. So remember, no show next week, but we will be back here in two weeks. Two weeks. JBLive.tv. And that's March 4th. Ooh, New month. Right. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for this week's episode of Unfilter. See you right back here in, in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. That's how we go. That's how we roll. All right. So we, we got to get a title and then we'll get out of here. JBTitles.com. Good show, Mr. Chase. Good show. Yes. Uh, I want something about, like, uh, uh, I think ISIS is a fraud. Something about making ISIS a fraud would make me happy. Uh, I don't know if that's too bold. Maybe it's too bold. The ISIS meltdown. ISIS took my mommy. Airstrike, there's an app for that. Syria goes swatting. ISIS, hackers, spies, and thieves. That was sent in my hammy. The Great ISIS Scam. Do you like that one? No? Mm, That's not bad, actually. We've done something about the ISIS thing before. Yeah. Uh, We didn't really have a high note this week, necessarily. We did the uh, random overtime. Was that fun? That was cool. I liked that a lot. And you know, and now when people say we do the high note too often, we can say, look, some weeks we don't even have one. Joe Uncle Touchy Biden. The ISIS media <laughs> swindle. ISIS media swindle. The ISIS media swindle. Actually, I would take out the uh, media part and just call it the ISIS swindle. Because it's not just it's media. Not bad. I'm going to go look at our previous ISIS. Yeah. I think we had like the ISIS scam or something. I'm going to take that and modify it, Kitsune. Yeah, that's not bad. Oh, by the way, uh, limited time TechSnap 200 shirt, teespring.com slash TechSnap. I love the new logo, by the way. It looks you. great. Thank you. I love it. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's see. Man, we've had some great... Wow. Wow, we've been covering some some of this stuff for a long time. The Coruscant scam, rebooting Iraq. Reboot. I, Obama sells ISIS. Well, we could have also done something around Libya. Libya, back yeah. to Libya or something. The ISIS reality. We've done the ISIS reality. That's not bad. Wow, wow. Well, it, uh, ISIS now, has kittens. <laughs> God, that's that report was so sexist; it's unbelievable. What? About, I mean, what about CBS and Scott Pelley talking about women's hot flashes? What's that about? Right? That was weird, right? Are they both married guys? I bet they go home and their wives are just ripping them a new one. I thought that was weird too. Wow! And they have. Like they have health, women, they have women that do reporting that do their health stuff. I just, yeah, okay. So with that, we don't have an ISIS one that I was thinking of. So we, we're clear on all the ISIS ones like that. So what do we got so far? Uh, let me refresh here. The ISIS media swindle by Kitsune is good. Uh, the great ISIS scam is up there as well. No one likes mine. Do you like uh, the ISIS swindle? Is yours? Mine's the ISIS swindle, just because. 
I think there's it, it's a bigger picture. It's not just a media swindle. It's a swindle over everybody. Yeah, it is. That's it's, and that's it's, it's a it's a swindle, swindle over policymakers. It's right. A, it's this great. Yeah. yeah, the ISIS swindle. You and know? that's why I kind of I, I kind of right, we'll modified we'll go with it. The Terror Show. That's not bad. ISIS, the Terror Show. I feel like though, my kid ISIS might have is, is legitimate. Uh, I feel like though the chat room did a pretty good job of helping us. Ch- chat room. Actually, well, if if it wasn't for the chat room, we wouldn't have come up so with the name. They, do you think? So I think honestly, I mean, they've they've deserved. Your call, man. If, if you don't want to. Well, the the problem is only I've only seen like maybe one or two people really ask for it. Oh, you I don't, mean, kids don't think for you don't it, think but, they care anymore, do you? Well. Oh, we got a couple. Well, I got two. Maybe okay. if I get one more. Maybe if I get one more person that jumps in and says. Okay. Yeah, Otherwise, they, we could just wrap up. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm going to get my paper here uh, together. Yeah, you get your clips. You might as well Start. take those with you. Yeah, well, and I, I could like put some stuff in a yeah, dock or something. I, I mean, I don't. I don't really have to. You know what? Actually, I can load a new ROM on my OnePlus. Yeah, one, we you know? could do that. Uh, you know, I, wait, uh, Chris. Uh, breaking yeah. news. Uh, breaking news what, here. What, what, what? Uh, I think we need to go to Wolf in the uh, situation oh, room. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh my gosh! Good news, because oh. This is CNN Breaking News. Good evening, This everybody. is CNN's Wolf Blitzer, and you're in the Situation Room. Good evening. Happening right now here in the Situation Room, I'm Chase in for Wolf this week. We have a late-breaking audio clip that will blow your socks off. But but to tell us about it first, we got Chris Fisher, our music senior correspondent. Chris. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Chase, how are you? Yes, uh, Chris, I'm doing great. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about about that uh, that that clip. I'm sorry. I think Wolf was just... Oh, yeah. uh, Yes. Yes, Chase, we have some audio here. Uh, We believe it is of Victoria Newland. Uh, she uh, is over yes, there. Yes, uh, Victoria Newland. Yes, we've we've heard about. Yes, go ahead. Fuck it, I'm just gonna play the clip. I'm Wolf Blitz. All right, let's go ahead and go with the. What I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Good job, chat room. Thank you very much. Hey, remember, this time next week, just because we're not here doing a show doesn't mean you can't share the show. So make sure you share the show to somebody. And we will be working for you. We always work for you. So thank you very much for your support. Word. Thank you to the live stream for being here. We really love having you guys here while we do this show. I feel like we're still going to sneak something out for the supporters next week. I don't know what. I feel uh, like we'll come up with something. Nate, you and I together for a long period of time not recording something. You know, I never happened. No, I think what we need to do is bring like an iRig or something and just stick it on the table yeah, yeah. and we just chat. Yeah. yeah, although last time we did that, it got dirty. And it didn't involve pain. 